When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. What's good, Buckeye Nation? Welcome to Langford Hoyland's Instant Recap Podcast, where we have the misery, um, the punishment, the unluckiness to be breaking down Ohio State's 21-7 win over Northwestern. As always, I'm your host, Jordan, and with my co-host, Grace. How are you doing, Chris? Um, you know, 21-7 against Northwestern, when you look at it, it will just kind of disappear into, like, the history of all Ohio State's football games as just another uh, they went to Evanston, they didn't really show up at the beginning of the game and then they had to grind it out in terrible Chicago fall weather um, I, I was pretty frustrated in the first half and then the second half I just sat back and like yeah it's really windy it's wet, uh, I'd like them to be able to run the ball a little bit more effectively and more consistently but we can't have nice things so uh, Ohio State did everything they could to Stretch this game out, and it took C.J. Stroud using his legs to get it done today. So that was kind of fun. Yeah, I really have. So first of all, this is going to be the shortest podcast we've ever given you. Um, no more than 20 minutes. There's not much to talk about. Neither one of us has really suffered through this. Um, I have three takeaways. One, again, Ryan Day needs to give up play calling. Two, it's going to take more, which – we said this in the beginning, so it's not wrong. It's just true. It's going to take more than a year to fix the offensive line problem that he who will not be named left us with. Um, the toughness and the ability to run in close quarters and, and some of that stuff. And three, this is the first game all season that Emeka, Cade, and Julian played like their experience. Um if they would have played like this against Notre Dame or against Arkansas State, everyone would have been like, oh, they're new. They're just, you know, knocking out the cobwebs, that kind of stuff, the drops and things like that. They didn't do it all season. They have one game, and I'm going to give them the one game. I'm going to give them the one game to play bad because all of them have shown already what they're capable of. So I'm just going to I'm just gonna give it to the weather. If I was head coach at Ohio State, I wouldn't even watch this film. This is just one of those games that you just throw away. You just throw away and you just, Absolutely. all right, there's nothing to learn from this. You move on, spend the week on fundamentals and move on to the next game. Yeah, this is like an honest question. Like, what, what's the last game you remember Ohio State playing with that many drop passes? I can't name one. 
Cause, cause even when we didn't have the quote unquote electric receivers that we have now, when we when we were running out like Terry McLaurin and them, like and Austin um, Mack in that group, yeah. yeah, they didn't drop passes. So like, yeah, yeah, I can't, I can't remember one where they like, I mean, they were just like letting the ball come into the shoulder pad. Julian Fleming had the worst game, of his the worst career. day, yeah. I mean. Um, Typically sure-handed, there were multiple passes, and it's already wet. So, like, for any of you who don't know this, and sorry if you already know this, you're supposed to catch with your hands, and I know that sounds dumb, but a lot of people body catch. A lot of people let the ball come into them, but you're not supposed to do that because it can bounce off your shoulder pads. When your shoulder pads are also wet, and your gloves are wet, and your uniform is wet, you cannot body catch. Like, you just can't. It's going to fall out. And there are multiple times where he was letting the ball come in way too close to his body, not catching with his hands, and it just fell out. It just fell out, and you just can't do that. You shouldn't do it ever, especially if you want to go to the NFL, but you definitely can't do it in a freaking windstorm. Yeah. Yeah, and I think think the thing with Julian was, you know, it it just – I don't know. I can't explain it. Like, he's been so good this year. Uh, Igbuka had the one and the late hands by the corner was like, it was textbook, like corner play when you're beaten, just get your hands up and try to make sure that you disrupt the pass as much as you can. And it did, but it's just like, we've, we've become so accustomed to seeing those plays just get made, like regardless of situation. Uh, I will give credit. Igbuka did bounce back. He had the like end around touchdown. Um, And you know, it's, it's tough. Like we could get into, all the play calling and all those issues again. But like you said, you want, we want to keep it short. I, I think Ryan Day did figure it out in the second half. Him, Kevin Wilson, and the staff, they're like, well, we're not throwing the ball well. Um, we're going to run the ball. And that means CJ is going to have to run the football. And they did that. And every time CJ ran the ball, it was successful, even if it was like a short yardage gain. So I, I think you take the drops, you take all that, and then you weight it with, well, wow, they still figured out a way to win this game when almost nothing was going well. Uh, that says a lot. And it honestly says a lot about their trust in C.J. Stroud because they said, hey, we're going to put this ball on your feet. Let's go get this done. And he did it. So uh, there's there's a ton of negatives to look at. Um, and I think, I think the run game is a place we, we probably do need to – we need to talk about the run game again. Yeah, I think that – so, first of all, in my opinion, in the last two, maybe three weeks, um, it's actually probably three weeks because I didn't realize that Mayan Williams only had two carries last week before he got injured. Uh, Mayan has looked very juiceless, uh, and we were joking, we were texting that, like, he had the five-touchdown game and he forgot what got him there. Like, he forgot that his play style was foot in the ground, go forward, be hard to tackle. Angry and running. Not, and not dance in the hole. Uh, and he's been doing a, a lot of dancing, way too much dancing, if you ask me. Um, and I, I think it's a mix of just like, I really think I, with the running backs specifically, I just don't think they have a rhythm. It feels like every other game, one of them is out. Trey, Trey plays, and then he misses the next game. Mine plays, and he misses the next game. And then Trey plays, and he misses the next game. And mine plays. and they, So they're, they're playing every other game, and they're not really getting a rhythm. Um, and then he who will not be named when certain teams do certain. I, I really think – I think the run game is broken from every way possible. 
This team is not great in short yardage blocking. That is a problem from what he will who will not be named, and that's hard to fix in an, in one season, one off season in a couple of months. Ryan Day is a horrid play caller, especially in the running game, especially in short yardage. He runs outside when he should run inside. He runs inside when he should run outside. And he just doesn't have any feel for what's working. And he doesn't let CJ or anyone in the box tell him to check. One of those short yardage runs, they had two defensive linemen in two eye and two eye is the inside uh, is on the shoulder of the center. If I remember correctly, they had them both lined up over the center. I may have the gap wrong, but they had them both lined up over the center. You don't run inside when you have your center trying to block two people because the guards can't get down to them. That's the perfect play for power. Again, a power run, everyone blocks down. You you pull a guard, kick out the end, and you run off the tackle. If they're yeah. in the two eye and they're squeezed inside, that's the perfect time for a power or counter run because everyone is washing down, which you can do when players are inside you. You don't run straight at them and you don't run zone because they're not going to be blocked because it's almost impossible to block someone in that alignment. But they yeah, don't run that alignment often because you're just going to get gassed with a good – like, so play calling is bad, and, and then the running the, back no rhythm. Yeah, and when the play calling – like, even when the play calling is bad, it's been blocked well at times. Like, there was a play where I saw both the tackles get their guys upfield, and if the running back just followed the blocks instead of trying to make the play the big play – like, you don't need to hit a home run on third and one. You don't need no. to do that. There is no reason to be bouncing the ball outside on third and one. And I think Mayan Williams did two or three times. One of them, he got the first down, but every time he did that, it was one of those things where I'm like, why are we bouncing the ball outside? Move the sticks, get to the next play. First down and second down, you know what? Try to hit the home run. I still don't like it, but you, you at least don't, you just need to know. uh, And I just got a tweet mentioned, like stop the stretch run with Mayan. Yeah, absolutely. Like, he well, is not. They're not even running stretch. They're running outside yeah, zone, which is the worst zone. version of stretch. And it, it's but also it works with it works with a first year back. I think would be the best way to put it. Mine Williams, his best run of the day was when they got him the running start with that orbit motion, and they tossed it to him behind Stroud, or I can't remember if it was a toss or a hand, but they gave him that running start. He was able to get downhill. And that's what you need to do with mine. You need to get him downhill quick and but not let him still, dance around. Why are we not running that play to Trey? Who could break that for a touchdown? Yeah, I, I think I actually tweeted that. I was like, or, or I said it in the Slack chat. One of the two. I, I want to see that play with Trey Young Henderson when you get all those people running out there. And then I they ran a quarterback power with Stroud. That was pretty awesome. A nice little classic bash play. He only gained like four yards, but that's all you respected. need sometimes respected it uh Stroud scrambled a few times and then god when the offense what they were down 7-0 and it was like oh man they're gonna hand it to Mayan and he's gonna run right into the back of the line again and not get a first what did Stroud do he took it and ran and yeah you know as much as I don't think Stroud needs to be a runner often see how it, it does do the damage when a team completely disregards it if they're regarding Stroud, it's not going to work. But if they completely disregard him as a runner, you need to be willing to take the chance to give him the ball. Yeah, and and the reason why, relatively, the matchup specific, 
I believe in Ohio State still to be able to win a national championship is every single team has flaws. And Ryan Day, when his back is absolutely against the wall, absolutely against the wall, he ha- he ha- he comes up with good play calls, like running C.J. Stroud multiple times, which we haven't seen in two years, three, um, two years, and three out of his five years, because he sort of kind of ran uh, Justin, but he didn't run Dwayne and he didn't run C.J. So three out of Ryan Day's five years, we haven't seen any of that sort of offense from him, um, and the the timing with the Ibuka play was good when he's absolutely against the wall. He, he dials he it up. up with some things, but it's just like you shouldn't need to be absolutely against the when, wall to come up it, with it, good play calls. Go back to last week: three plays, eighty-one yard drive against Penn State out of nowhere. They get the yeah. ball back in good field position. Three plays, forty-five yards, touchdown. It was that easy. Uh, and it's that's, easy, I yeah. think, where I think that's where the frustration with fans comes in. Is it, it's so easy at times, like when. It clicks, and they just run the plays correctly. It just looks so easy, and you expect that every time. And I, I do think we and like it was like I'll be honest, I was pretty disingenuous about Northwestern. Um, and they had a, they played a really good football game today. I don't think they, you were disingenuous about Northwestern. You didn't predict fit. at the end of the day. I, I don't think I predicted them having like forty minutes of time of possession. That was just I mean, a great game planning. And it's not it's not just that because like that even still the forty minute time of possession doesn't matter if it's not fifty mile wins and raining. Yeah, 100%. and that's why for me at the end of the day this is a throwaway game because you're not going to see that again. Everyone anywhere in the world listening to this, knock on wood, <laughs> please, you're not going to see fifty mile wins and rain again. You're not going to be in Chicago, so um, that is not. And I'm very much like get over the weather type of person. I don't want to hear anything about what happened in the Michigan game. That was not the weather of the Michigan game. The way this offense has played this year, they still would put up points if you put them in the same position as the Michigan game. They would. This was just not it. So that's why, within reason, the only takeaway that I really have is Ryan Day just needs to get – he's just lost his touch. He's lost his touch. Yeah, and I, I can't even call this like a look-ahead spot. It's just more like you could tell 11 o'clock start time. You're coming off a big game against Penn State on the road. You got back-to-back road trips. There is always going to be an opportunity for Ohio State to come out flat in this game, but it was really how flat they came out. Like even defensively, there was like no will. It was It was, it was like a very – there was no pride in the first quarter performance from Ohio State at all. And I think that was what was also pretty bothersome. It's not like it's like the first half, it was just Northwestern was playing harder than Ohio State. And that's something that I think reflects poorly on the coaching staff. Um, yeah, I, I agree with that. Let's go to a break really quick because we're not going to be on here too much longer. We can finish with the defense and, and talk about what's next. So we'll, we'll go to a really quick break for the ads and we'll be right back. Welcome back to Langrant Holy Land's uh, instant recap. Again, we are recapping, unfortunately, Ohio State's 21-7 win. Um, we left off with the defense, and I think the thing for me with the defense is like Evan Hall has one really good trait. Two, he's really fast, he was a track runner, and he has abnormal cutting ability, like jump cutting, not just regular cutting, like yeah. jump cutting. 
He's an explosive running back. And they were not, just straight up were not maintaining the edge at multiple points. And he was jump cutting. And I will say this, and I know that I shouldn't, Blake Corum doesn't have that ability. Now, Blake Corum has different ability, and so the run defense needs to get together. But that specific thing that was hurting Ohio State in the beginning, I think is very specific to Evan Hall. But to your point, and I want you to finish your point, the effort, unacceptable. Yeah. uh, You know, the missed tackles to start the game. uh, I, I, I don't know why Ohio State's allergic for tackles in the backfield. But there was one play that stood out to me quite a bit. It was when Ohio State was tied in a game against an overmatched opponent when Mike Hall missed a tackle in the backfield. And Evan Hall, actually, it ended up being a really good play by Evan Hall because they ended up gaining one or two yards. And I can't remember what happened after that. I think they got the first down uh, on the next play. But instead of being back behind, like, where you were, four or five yards, they gained two yards. So that's a six-yard, like, net gain in reality. And seeing them celebrate, like, yeah, you know, you got them close in the backfield. You shouldn't be celebrating close. And it felt like that was the whole first quarter. The whole first half was like, oh, man, we were right there. We're going to get them. We're Ohio State. And then they were down 7 nothing all of a sudden, and then they had to start playing hard. And then you saw the defense turn it up a notch, and they didn't give up a point. Um, let me see, scoring. I, I got the time here. Uh, 6.45 in the first quarter. They didn't give up another point. And that's because they got punched in the mouth and they responded. And it took much longer for the offense to get punched in the mouth and to respond. So I I think I like Jim Knowles. He made the adjustments. They saw what they were doing out of the Wildcat. And they ended up doing really well. Brendan Sullivan never really beat them. Like, never did anything to really beat them. And the defense ended up playing a really foundationally solid football game. I just think you can't come out flat like that against – anybody and not expect them to stay in the game for a little bit yeah and in my opinion the defense had one and a half bad drives the one where they allowed a touchdown and then the one where they allowed three third and eight pluses actually i think they're all exactly third and eight um three third and eight uh conversions and then they finally stopped them on fourth and eight but even that didn't lead to points so it's fine i'm like Am I happy? Absolutely not. Am I worried? Not really, because it's just not anything to me that is replicable. Like, yeah, if you like, it's just, yeah, it's it's one it's of those things. Like, CJ Stroud throwing downfield in thirty miles an hour winds is really just playing with the playing with Mother Nature. Like, uh, obviously, we've seen him hit that throw to Julian Fleming multiple times. We've obviously seen him drop that ball into. Uh, like he had a few throws where you could obviously tell the wind's been was affecting the ball. Yeah, and, I mean, and if and really quickly, if you can't, uh, our punter who is literally who does not punt, who does really first of all doesn't punt, but also doesn't do kickbacks. Almost all of his punts were kickbacks, touchbacks, not kickbacks. Yeah, and he had a seventy-seven yard punt. He is. He's he, not. He's not a seventy-seven yard leg that guy. Is, that's either. not him. That is not him. The, the ball he's an accuracy was, guy. The ball was flying. Yeah. And then he goes out and he pulls that coffin corner punt from like 55 yards out. I think it was like 1963. That was incredible. Yeah. And he had to he had to kick to the sideline because if he wasn't, that would have went. It was going to roll in. 
like I, I was I, I didn't message this to anybody, but I was just sitting there thinking this to myself. I'm like, man, it would probably it's like a really cool feeling being a kicker with like 40 mile an hour winds at your back. <laughs> it's not a cool feeling being a punter, but being a kicker and just booming yeah. a kickoff and it going like 20 yards further than usual, that has to feel pretty sweet. Absolutely. But being a kicker whose like whole thing is literally like this is going to end on the five and just watch, watching it like steamroll all the way through the end zone. It's yeah. like, all right. The punch should not be picking up speed in the air. No. It should uh-huh. be losing speed and coming down. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah, I, I I'll say – uh Mirko for the weather I had a really good game for a punter he had that one inside the five yard line he had the one down at the 10 that was basically Northwestern's last drive and we saw like Ohio State got some good field position and in weather games it goes back to like 1968 like the Woody Hayes style of play you put them back you force them and then you just hope they have a bad punt and I'd say two of Ohio State's touchdowns came from really bad punts from Northwestern so yeah. do not ever disrespect Jesse Murko and the job he does again, because we no. saw what it looks like on the other side. Like the Northwestern punter was horrendous today. Absolutely. Um, I don't want to talk about this anymore. I want to burn the tape. Um, I just think this game should never exist. And if we were playing in, in this beautiful weather that Georgia Tennessee is playing in right now, I think they're outside. I don't think they're in a dome. Are they in a dome? Where's this game? At? Uh, no, they're they're in Athens, Georgia. Okay, they don't play in the dome, right? No, they just no, play. Okay. Yeah. yeah, if we were playing in this beautiful weather in Athens, Georgia, right now, Ohio State by a million. Burn the tape. Don't look at it. Don't review it. No offensive players of the game. No defensive players yeah. of the game. No champions. Just rip it up and start over. Move on. To I got an week. offensive player of the game. Uh, well, no, I'm talking about from the coaches. We can give one. We're oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, I got offense player. I like C.J. Stroud for the player of the game. When he was, broke off that 65-yard run, I was like, all right. He he is – he like earlier in the year he said, I don't care about the stats. I just want to win the football game. And he did. That's exactly what he went out there and did. And I, I think, you know, he's not he's not Justin Fields. He's not uh, he's not J.T. Barrett by any means. I, I, honestly, Dwayne Haskins was a little bit – more willing of a runner than him at times. And I will say this, CJ Stroud, what did Urban Meyer say about Dwayne? I can't remember. He grew up a little bit today. He won a football game in the worst weather he possibly could have with his legs and toughness. And I think that deserves some recognition. Yeah. CJ Stroud more than tripled his career rushing yards in one game. And I almost tweeted that was CJ Stroud's Heisman moment, but nobody was going to be prepared for it. And it's not going to matter. It's not going to count. But having tripling your rushing yards in your career to seal a win, that's real quarterbacking. It's not always going to be pretty. Um, There's been a lot of people in the media and in draft media and things like that, in my opinion, piling on on CJ on, on some of the things as they always typically do at this time for quarterbacks and so he's probably going to fall a little bit in the draft and they're going to but in my opinion if I was a draft evaluator I would be very impressed with him in this game because his pocket which no one cares about but just well, like I was, in depth, his pocket movement was excellent um which you don't really see yeah. buying time and he actually ran and picked up some yardage that would have been a very heavy plus but I mean I'm not I was I'm joking with my friend draft, so I was joking with my friend. I'm like, he'll probably get like a 92.3 PFF grade from this game. Hmm. Yeah. That's <laughs> Out of funny. nowhere. 
And then defensively, I don't think it needs to be said. Uh, we know who it is. Tommy E. Tommy E. That guy. That guy. Had but a good game. Uh, he, had about, another... he had like 14, he had like 10 plus tackles, another 10 uncalled holdings. Um, you know. All right. Yeah. Hickman had a good game in run support. Ransom did as well. Uh, just to give some special shout outs. I thought the defense had a pretty good game for all intents and purposes. Yeah. Tommy had 13 tackles, 10 solo. Like he was, he was really doing his thing. Uh, Steele, who I just did not think played great, uh, had eight tackles, seven solo. And here's the thing. Most of these guys had a lot of solo tackles. They were for the most part tackling in space. Um, and so that's cool. Um, Tommy had 13, yeah, Hickman had 10, Ransom had 9, Steele had 8. You don't want two line, two safeties over your linebacker. I think that shows, again, in my opinion, Steele didn't have a great game. Denzel Burke had 6, all 6 of them solo. Um, there's yeah. definitely some highlights if you, if you want to bring Zach Harrison had a good game, too. It didn't show up in the stat sheet, but anytime he was on the field, it was it would you could yeah. notice a difference. My problem with Zach Harrison, he gave up a couple of big runs, pass rushing, when they weren't passing the ball. Like, there was a couple of times yeah. they just, like, fit right inside of him because he just ran up the field. But, you know. Again, yeah, it happened to JT as well with Skaronsky. Yeah, it doesn't. And it's like, it's like oh, Skaronsky. It's like, nah. He kind of the play. Anything. He didn't do anything. Kind of the play have, call. Yeah, he didn't have to block you. You, you just ran up the field. And they, they're not passing yeah. the ball. So, um, I, I don't have anything else to say. Uh, when you're clunkers. When when the yeah, when you're every five or six years, you're going to have in 50 mile per not 50 mile per hour wins. Um it this I will add to that. Like this game is not gonna be representative on if Ohio State wins or loses the national championship. This game was an ugly road game that started at eleven AM in Evanston, Indiana, with no like good weather from start to finish. Um there, there's not a lot of games. This like like you said, it's not emblematic of anything. There are a few takeaways you can have. Run game struggled a little bit. The offensive line gave up interior penetration for another week. And that's stuff you got to look for. That's three weeks in a row. But next week, Indiana, two weeks in on the road at Maryland, and then three weeks. That's really where you're going to find out who this Ohio State team is. These next two weeks, it's all about just getting through it and getting to the end. Yeah. And the way that the defense – the last thing I have, uh, the way that the defense – like like played on the run i understand they are not that team up north but the way that they played the running game um without the threat of the pass was really encouraging and that team is not going to pass the ball because they don't trust their quarterback so blake corbin is better um right i don't know if michigan has a single player better than peter spinanke but they overall probably have the better offensive line line, um, as a group but ultimately you can take some positivity from it, but really positive, negatives, whatever. Throw it away. I keep saying it. Burn the tape. I don't want to talk about this anymore. I'm, this is a game that I'm going to forget happened uh, as soon as it happened as I uh, you know, crack something open and uh, watch the rest of this SEC slate uh, to see yeah. who, who we're going to be playing in the national championship. Is it going to be Georgia or is it going to be Tennessee? Yeah. And yeah, just run the damn ball. Uh, and then win the game that's all you got to do win the game that's it that's all uh next week indiana osu by a million any final yeah um no i think i'm good uh 
I, I don't really have any strong feelings anymore. I did during the game, but I think I was able to get them out here, and I think that's what this show's all about. Yeah. Uh, this show is not for you guys, unfortunately. This is just for us to voice our frustrations. And yeah, Mayan Williams, you're not Reggie Bush. <laughs> uh, I think that's I think that's how we end it. Mayan, you're not Reggie Bush. Go Bucks. 